welcome to Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. Whether you've been here before or this is your first time listening, I'm so glad you decided to press play today and join me here in this community of hope. I hope you're all doing well today. I am awake early on this chilly morning and my family, most of my family is still sleeping. So I'm actually recording in my basement on my phone. That's what's so cool about the Anchor app is that you can really record anywhere. I sound like a commercial, but truly like I, if it wasn't for Anchor, I would not have been able to start this this passion of mine, this thing that has become my passion, my mission in life. And so I'm grateful that I can offer messages of hope and even conduct interviews using the Anchor app. It's really just so easy. Um, So this morning as I drank my coffee, actually, it's, I think that I've cut my coffee in half, like, because... (laughs) I'm starting a cleanse on Monday or the 24th. Is that tomorrow? I don't know. And I'm not supposed to have coffee on this cleanse. And I don't know if I can do it, <laughs> but I'm going to try. Um, so I'm trying to wean myself off and avoid tr- getting like a massive headache. So yesterday I started and I did have a little bit of a headache, but it was manageable. So that's like number one on my gratitude list right now that I don't have a massive headache. Um, and the reason why I talked about a gratitude list is because yesterday on the hope episode, I suggested to you to try to to perhaps write a gratitude list every morning. Maybe you already do it, but also write a list of how you can be useful today, like who you can be useful to, like in what ways you can be useful. Um, When I do that, it helps me to kind of be other centered, stay out of my own head. And I, and it, and it makes people feel good when you're helping other people or walking the dog when it's really cold out. So somebody else in the family doesn't have to do that. It can be anything. So this episode, I think I'll just share with you that I am fully participating in this and I'm going to try my best to do it every morning. So if you haven't listened to yesterday's episode, maybe go back and listen to yesterday's um, Daily Dose of Hope and then come back and listen to this episode. So I'll share with you, and I I won't necessarily do this every day, but today I'll share with you what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful for my sobriety. I'm grateful I have no hangover, that I have no obsession to drink. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for my husband, my children, my warm bathrobe, the grandfather clock that sits in our dining room and makes me feel really cozy when it 
dongs at every 15 minutes. I'm grateful for my friend Karen and I'm grateful for my genuine desire to help my parents as they age. And uh, that has come up for me this morning because last night, um, no emergency, but there's something going on with one of my parents and no, nothing serious, but it's, it's something that I want to support them with right now. So that's one of the first things I'm going to do after I'm done recording is reach out to my parents and see how I can be useful to them. So that's first on my list of how to be useful today. I also plan to be useful by cleaning up the kitchen, doing some laundry, walking the dog in frigid temperatures, (laughs) go grocery shopping for the food that I need to eat during the cleanse that's going to be happening this coming week. And if anyone wants to join me on the cleanse, just reach out and I'll tell you how you can do that. Um, And I am going to exercise today (laughs) as much as this. That's like the hardest thing I can think of right now. Um, Just because I just don't want to go out in the cold. But maybe if I walk the dog, then that will motivate me. I'll go get my workout clothes on. That will motivate me more. And I plan to connect with other alcoholics that I know or that I am just connecting with either in from meetings or on social media. And I plan to send a message to um, some friends of mine that are also doing a cleanse with me. And lastly, I plan to hopefully connect with a a new a newcomer in my program of recovery who I have offered to sponsor to guide through certain steps so that is my plan for today I know that may have been boring to hear for you guys but I really wanted to show my accountability okay so the topic I want to briefly talk about today because again I don't want to make these episodes too long It's just a quick dose of hope, dose of inspiration for you all who listen to get your day going and to stay motivated and inspired to stay sober. So I guess what I wanted to talk about today is how dry January never worked for me. And um, I don't think I ever actually did like an official dry January. I don't know if it existed in like the the last couple of years before I got sober. But I absolutely did try to just quit on my own. And I did have somebody um, who I'm I'm not even sure if, if this person works program of recovery, but this person's a friend of mine that I've known my entire life who I know, who I knew, um, like three years before I got sober, I knew um, she and her spouse don't drink. So I thought maybe I'll talk to her and see how 
she does it. And I did, I went over, I, it was after like a really rough night of drinking. And I, and let me remind you, this was three years before I got sober for good. So I reached out to her. I met with her. I talked to her and her husband. I got an earful. I did share with them a little bit. They offered some suggestions. They, they said, I don't have, have to do a recovery program. I can do it my way. They were sharing with me what works for them. So I, as soon as I heard that I didn't have to do a recovery program, I was like, okay, yes. Awesome. Okay. I, they're doing it on their own and, and I think I can do that too. So I did for four months, four months, I stayed dry. And let me tell you, I had a very difficult time. (laughs) It was really hard. And I didn't talk to anybody. I only my husband knew I was trying to kind of go cold turkey. And I was thinking about alcohol all the time. I was thinking this, okay, I'm glad I didn't tell anyone that I stopped. Um, If I did tell anyone, I just said, I I don't know what I said. I think I just said that, you know, I'm, you know, taking a little break or I, I, I really honestly don't remember what I said. I think I pretended to be drinking alcohol when I really wasn't, if I was in social situations, but it was hard. It was really, really hard. And we continued to just live this life. When I say we, my husband and I, my family, you know, of, of going to functions that were, there was a lot of alcohol being served, you know, just living the same kind of life that I was living previously when I was, you know, really starting to notice that alcohol was beginning to have control over me. So in May of 2010, or was it April? It was, it was in April. I really began the spring, spring started to come around. It was we were going outside. It was people were, you know, getting together, you know, around the fire pit or just getting together for barbecues. And, you know, I was seeing alcohol more. I was standing there pretending not to drink and it was just so difficult. So I don't even remember what party it was, what function it was, what day it was, but all of a sudden I just decided I'm just going to try to, I, I'm going to just, I've, I've dried out for this long. I, I really want to just drink responsibly. I want to drink like a mom, like a responsible mom. And I'm going to just have one drink. And I had this certain plan, like I just, this is how I was going to do it. Well, that plan worked for maybe an hour because within that hour, after having my first drink, 
I just wanted more. And any power I had was gone. Because as soon as I took that drink, I had no more power. Because alcohol truly had just now was controlling me. I obsessed over it the four months I wasn't drinking. I tried to exercise more. I tried to do all these other things to distract me, but it never worked. I picked up and I really like over that next year and then, then like in the, it just progressed rapidly until, um, like two and a half years later when I finally surrendered because my, I, I just, I couldn't believe how much I was drinking because before I did this kind of dry out four month dry out, I was, I was drinking, like I was getting drunk a lot on the weekends, but I wasn't really drinking during the week. But after the four months, I, that's what it ended up becoming. So drying out for a month, two months, three months, whatever, it didn't work for me. And I had tried it times before for shorter periods and longer periods. And it just, every time I stopped and then picked up again, it just got worse. And that's the progression of this disease. Now, I know there's some people who don't have the disease of alcoholism and they're able to just dry out and then pick up again and have one drink. And I don't know. I, I don't know. If, if you're out there and you can do that and you're listening to me, to this podcast right now, I would love to hear from you because I think it offers an interesting kind of comparison for all of you for just to hear why some people can actually do that and then pick up drinking again without a problem of it like progressing and getting worse and then there's others like me who just got worse and worse and worse and by worse and worse and worse I mean the amount I drank increased the um the time of day I started changed so it got earlier in the day it became daily, daily drinking. And when I wasn't drinking, I was really crabby and irritable because I was thinking about drinking and how much I wanted to start drinking. And then, you know, during the summer, if I was with, you know, other people and there was people who were around, you know, to entertain my kids, I would pick up like really early and and I would say, well, it's five o'clock somewhere. And that was actually supported by some people. That was like kind of hurrah, hooray, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you deserve that. And I'm like, yeah, I do deserve it. And, but at the same time, I knew that was deep down, I knew that was just a game, just like this script. It, it wasn't authentic. It wasn't real because I was making up stories to excuse my drinking and the amount I was drinking, but I also hid my drinking very well. I was very good at keeping secrets. So 
dry January and other dry periods of that sort never worked for me because it did, I did get to a place, which I share a lot about, where I realized that alcohol just took over my life. And this habit, this um, way of living just took over my life and controlled me. It controlled my thinking. It controlled my behaviors and my attitudes about others and myself. I just, I felt very ugly inside. And I was, I was frustrated with myself. Like, why can't I do this? Why can't, why can't I just be somebody who can have one or two drinks and then just be done with it? I said, God damn it. Like, why can't I just do that? And I'd get angry and resentful. And then I would just drink more because of my resentment. So it was an, it was a vicious cycle that, oh gosh, it was just, uh, it was hell. It became hell. And if, if you can identify with any of this, maybe dry January is not going to work for you. I don't know. It's really your decision. You need to self-diagnose yourself. I had to come to a place of self-diagnosis and admit that I had no control of my drinking at all. That I couldn't stop once I started. I had no off switch, no off button. Even, even like there were times like, yeah, okay, I could do it. Maybe it was after, it was like a day after like I had a lot to drink. And then the next day I'm like, oh, I'm not going to drink at all. And I really wouldn't want to because I just still felt drunk like the whole day. And then I would try to have one drink and, and then I'm like, oh, oh, I feel so disgusting. And so I'd go to bed. I'm like, oh yeah, I can do it. I just had one drink. <laughs> it was only because I was just still so sick from the night before. So I'm reaching 20 minutes here and I want to keep this short and let you know that I want you to trust your gut. I want you to believe that your gut and what you feel deep down could be the answer to your problems. And that you're worth living on this earth comfortably. You are so worth it. And I want to tell you that there is a solution. If you cannot stop once you put, once you put a drink in your mouth. Once that first swallow of alcohol goes down your throat. And then you just are off to the races. doesn't have to be that way anymore for you. And if you're sober and things are going great, I am really excited for you. 
wherever you're at, I just hope you stick with me in getting sober and staying sober together here on Sober Gratitudes here at this community. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me at sobergratitudes at gmail.com. Sober Gratitudes is all one word. I also have an Instagram account, Sober, Sober Gratitudes Podcast. I would love to hear from you. And those of you who have made contact and I've written back, I'd love to hear again from you. I'd love to just build this community, this safe space where we can stay sober together. It's just so much easier that way. So if you haven't done it already, I suggest that you write a gratitude list. Make it as long or as short as you you can. Start with something and also make a list of how you plan to be useful today. And I would love to hear about that. Like if you want to email me your list and you want me to read it on the next episode, of course I wouldn't do that without your permission. I would love to share what you put on your list so we we can help other people together. So I hope you have a wonderful day. No, scratch that. I hope you have the day that you're meant to have and that you respond to the way life is today with calm and peacefulness and with trusting your gut. Until next time, I love you all. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support.